Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and yes, I am your host, Rob Watson. Uh, today, we have a really incredible show lined up for you. Can't wait to talk to our guest, who is waiting patiently in the wings. Now, this is an interesting show because we did a show um, over two years ago. It was January of 2020, uh, so it was before the pandemic. Um, and we talked to a young man. Uh, the show was called The Inspiring Teen CEO whose company helps the homeless and those in need. And at that time, we talked to um, a young man, uh, Kenan Palak, and Kenan had created a company. He's a teenager, and it was called Kids for Community. Um, it was a, a, a company that was set up using kids as its, um, its participants to help the homeless, and um, was really an incredibly outstanding thing. Um, our podcast, by the way, of, of Keenan was one of our most listened to podcasts ever, uh, with thousands of people having downloaded it and listened to it um, after the fact. <clears throat> and um, we thought that was just a really remarkable thing for such a young man to, um, to in, go into such an endeavor. Well, while he was doing that, apparently somebody else was paying very close attention um, because Keenan, who is now off to college, and we'll hear more about what he's doing, um, has a younger brother named Arden. And Arden now, who is also a teenager, also in high school, has, uh, I'm not going to say followed in his brother's footsteps, but he has branched out on his own he is the founder of his own organization called Sports for Kids. And uh, that organization, through community and philanthropic uh, partnerships, provides opportunities for all low-income youth to play sports, building physical and social skills, and helping them to serve themselves for a lifetime. Um, so incredible stuff. Um, Arden today will be the focus and star of our show, um, and like I said, he's waiting in the wings to talk to us. Uh, before that, uh, we are going to go to Brody Levesque. Brody is the editor-in-chief of the L.A. Blade magazine. Um, uh, he is also the co-host of this show, um, so we're going to find out both what's happening with the news and welcome Brody to the show. Hey, Brody, how's it going? Hey, Rob, not bad. And welcome to all of our listeners. And today especially, today is World AIDS Day uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, just about now as the sun goes down to mark World AIDS Day, several prominent landmarks around L.A. County, including Union Station, Los Angeles City Hall, the Grand Park Fountain, Dignity Health Sports Park, and the 6th Street Viaduct, which the city of Los Angeles just rebuilt, and it looks really, really cool, uh, are going to switch the evening architectural lighting uh, to all red across the country in Washington, D.C., uh, as President and First Lady Jill Biden, uh, President Biden and uh, Dr. Jill Biden greet President uh, Macron and his wife of France uh, at a state dinner, uh, hanging outside uh, of the North Portico, of course, is the iconic, huge red ribbon, also to commemorate World AIDS Day. So this is kind of one of those days where uh, we mark uh, the day we remember uh, those who we lost uh, to AIDS, uh, those who live with AIDS, and try and prevent further cases of it. This year's theme is putting ourselves to the test Achieving Equity to End HIV, and uh, especially disproportionately among our minority populations, uh, Black, Latino, Asian, uh, where we really need uh, to have more concentrated 
uh, focus on that. So today's World AIDS Day, Rob. Yep. Yes, it is. All right. Okay, moving along, uh, I want to give a quick shout-out uh, to uh, someone that I've actually interviewed and know pretty well. Uh, he is a Democratic uh, congressman from New York. And he is now the heist of uh, the House heist, yeah, really House Democratic Minority <laughs> Leader, Representative Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, Hakeem, if you're listening, congratulations, sir. Hakeem is now the first Black lawmaker ever to serve in the role uh, in either of the two, cham- uh, two chambers uh, of Congress as uh, in the leadership. Joining him uh, in the positions of leadership. Uh, our representative, uh, Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, who will be the House Democratic Whip, and uh, here from California, Representative Pete Aguilar, uh, who will become the Democratic Caucus Chair, and uh, that's the first time that a Latino uh, has actually been slotted for that seat. So congratulations to Hakeem, uh, to Representative Clark, and uh, Pete, congratulations to you, sir. Um well, I think I think we should yeah uh, yeah I think we should note that um, Nancy Pelosi has been given a pretty honorary title of I think it's a House Leader Emeritus um, mm-hmm. and you know it, people may forget because she was in the role of leadership for so long but she also was obviously a groundbreaker being the first woman in um, any kind of leadership role in Congress. So um, just a shout-out to the Democrats for, you know, consistently breaking down ceilings um, in, in the, uh, the House leadership anyway. Um, and I, I think he's going to be outstanding. Um, really, really high hopes for uh, what happens under his leadership. Uh, Hakeem is a definite force of nature, so I look very much forward to the Democratic leadership, uh, you know, with the dynamics and the changes with him in the chair. Um, and and today, the other thing here, yeah. too, is the, um, uh, the smoothness with which this leadership change has taken place on the Democratic side. Um, what is happening with the Republicans? Oh, also known as the hot mess. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> the hot mess. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, the Republicans are pretty well fractured. Um, the They don't have a clear-cut majority. They have a seat majority. And the distinction is that with a seat majority, it just simply means numerically they have a few more seats than the Democrats do. So their claim to majority leadership is predicated only on that. It isn't on the will of the voters, and it most assuredly is not political. Now, normally, when a party takes over uh, and, and, be, and fulfills the majority leadership, uh, it has been traditional that the minority leader becomes the Speaker of the House. This is the case with uh, Speaker Pelosi. It's been the traditional case for as long as Congress has been meeting. Uh, so that's normally how it works. There are sometimes challenges to leadership. This time is different, though, because instead of presenting a unified front, which is the norm, the Republican Party in the House is so badly fractured that he's actually got serious opposition, and there's a better-than-average chance he may not end up as Speaker. So they may end up having to come up with a compromise, and this is an interesting aspect to the Republican politics that we've seen actually for quite a while now. Uh, The unified front that they used to have has slowly but surely eroded, and now we have a lot of what we in the press call balkanization and fracturing of the party by these different special interest groups and these different caucuses. And the most powerful caucus within the Republican House leadership um, or House membership uh, is what we call the Freedom Caucus. And these are the folks that back to President Trump. Uh, they are a little bit more far right than uh, your typical Republicans in the middle, and they're contrarians. Um, they are actually the caucus that drove uh, John Boehner 
to resign from uh, his role as speaker, and eventually he left Congress as well. They are also the reason that Paul Ryan uh, left Congress and left the speakership. So McCarthy being challenged by them uh, falls basically in the shadow of Speaker Boehner and Speaker Ryan. So McCarthy's ascension to speakership is really all not as assured as he probably would wish it would to be. Interestingly enough, with the seat total so dangerously close, I mean, there's only about six feet difference between the two uh, parties. You have to have a majority, okay, of the House to get the speakership. If you have people defecting from the Republicans who hold 218 seats right now, and they've got five no's definitely who said that, it now throws the speakership up. Because if the Democrats can put forward someone that is basically palatable to the Republicans uh, and they can put all the votes together, the you know all they really need would be five or six Republicans, and then there would be a Democratic speaker again, in this case, Speaker Jeffries. So it, it would be interesting. Uh, McCarthy swears up and down that he's going to be able to, you know, to take over and, you know, do his thing as speaker. But most of right. us are sitting back going, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe not. What 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 are you hearing uh, on whether he's really going to be able to pull that out? Because it really seems not that they, they aren't crazy because the Freedom Caucus is crazy. Um, but it, it seems so self-defeating for them to – them, of all people, to fight McCarthy because the person who they likely would grease the skids to get in there is going to be very much opposed to them. You know, it's, it seems kind of nuts to them. Well, yeah, it, it's it, – it, the question constantly is raised, um, you know, the – cut off the nose despite the face routine. Um, but we've seen this repeatedly, especially recently. A lot of it has to do uh, with the influences that are still being felt by former President Donald Trump. Uh, and, and there is also a suspicious nature as to, you know, McCarthy's real aim as speaker. He's not well trusted in the caucus. So that really is what it boils down to. Well, I, I would say I wish them well, but I, to be honest, don't. <laughs> so um, we'll, me either. We'll just yeah, we'll just keep watching that. So anyway, so go ahead, Brody. What is your other story? Well, the last story, and then we'll get Young Arden on. Uh, so the uh, Census Bureau finished doing its data reporting and putting things together, and we have over one million plus same-sex households in the United States now. And California actually has the most. Uh, But the American Community Survey, which is part of the census, uh, has been tracking since 2005 uh, the number of same-sex households in the U.S., which has steadily increased. And within those numbers, we discovered that 700, these are roughly 710,000 of same-sex couples were married and 500,000 were unmarried. So there was about 1.2 altogether, and this was in 2021. Now, there was a, there were two years they didn't run it because of the COVID pandemic. So there's a gap in there from 2019 to 2021. But the interesting thing about this, the states with the highest number of same-sex households included the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Delaware, Oregon, California, Florida of all places, and New York State. The District of Columbia had the highest percentage of same-sex couple households of any state or equivalent. This is based on population, okay? And then California had the most same-sex households. So it's kind of an interesting split. Um, And then the numbers broke broke down by, you know, college degrees and female-to-female, male-to-male, that sort of thing. But uh, it just goes to show that, you know, yeah, we're we're slowly but surely getting there, um, and of course the last thing and I wanted to yeah we're 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 kind of both getting there. Plus, I'm also wondering how many of those households are not new households, but rather that people are feeling more comfortable identifying 
in answering the question. I that would most certainly factor uh, into it, especially since they started the community survey in 2005, and that was of course right after the reelection of George W. Bush and the whole nastiness of same-sex marriage. So yeah, I, your point is well taken. So, but it's it's still a strong yeah. indication, you know, regardless yeah, no, of the fact. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. that's important. So. Um, I think that's pretty much all on my tick list for today. <laughs> okay. Well, I did want to mention a couple of things. Um, we lost a couple of um, really important musical women. Um, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac passed away, I believe, yesterday. Um, yep. That's a, that's a huge hit. Um, and it kind of crosses over a little bit into politics in that um, – the song she wrote was uh, the theme song for the Clintons, um, and uh, you know her music writing ability, especially uh, with Fleetwood Mac, she was a major force behind many of their hits. Um, so there's a big, big loss in the rock world um, as, as a result of of her passage. Um, but also Irene Cara, since we last did our podcast, passed away. And I had the opportunity to write a tribute to her that was um, hit number one on the L.A. Blade and is currently L.A. number one on the Washington Blade. Um, and I think we may we may have a podcast in the future around that as well. But um, she had a, a, a significant impact on the culture of um, a lot of gay men um, and a lot of people who grew up uh, being – Musical theater kids, um, you know, she was behind a couple of anthems that that really spoke to the heart, and um, many people have attributed changes in their own lives um, because of her work. So I just wanted to make a mention of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Thanks, sad buddy. to see part of your childhood or road away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, that's, I, I mean, I, I don't even get me started on that. I mean, it's like I've, <laughs> I, I've noted that, that a lot of my favorites on my playlist are all, you know, passing away or have passed. And it's like uh, <clears throat> that part is uh, is definitely catching up with me. So, anyway, let's <laughs> – switch gears from looking at the past and generations past and all that sort of thing. And we are going to switch to the future. Um, like I said, uh, we had a show a couple of years ago um, with uh, a young man who was quite remarkable. And apparently his family um, was not done because they have put forth another young man who is also in his own right quite remarkable. And uh, with that, uh, I want to welcome Arden to the show. Arden, welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, it is it is kind of a rare thing that we need to um, wait on the show for somebody to get out of school to join us. So um, you've, <laughs> uh-huh. you've, already, you've already set a record in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which we're pleased to do that. So, um, so how, how was school today? Um, it was pretty good. I have a few tests I need to study for, but other than that, you know, just uh, another day, I guess. Another day, <laughs> staying staying dry. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Arden, um, you you. Um, at what point did you get the idea? I know we talked about your older brother um, starting uh, his own organization, and um, we had a whole show about how he got inspired to do that. Um, so you woke up one morning and decided to do something uh, on your own and start your own organization. What uh, what put that idea in your head? Well, the school that we're working with right now, Perkins Elementary. Uh, doesn't have a PE coach, which I think is a very big problem because sports is a big part of a young child's mind because it teaches them leadership, social interactions, and teamwork. Um, so uh, since I found this out, um, 
I felt like it, not ne- it was necessarily my duty, but I feel like I needed to supply some way for the kids to be active and have some sports. Um, and, of course, my brother really inspired me to take action because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been introduced into volunteer work. But, um, yeah, that's basically how it all got started. No, that's awesome. So um, now your brother's organization is called Kids for Community. What had you done yeah. with Kids for Community? Uh, well, um, I did a lot of volunteer events. I um, supported him. I went to like, the dinner servings he held and the events. Um, but other than that, you know, I was just his like, top supporter, I guess. That That's really cool because uh, a lot of times – um, brothers are, are can be a little bit competitive, um, but it, it's cool that you you held him in that regard. Thank you. Yeah. What? Um, so what? You know, what is it like um, with uh, your home life with with your older brother? Did did he talk to you about starting an organization, or did you just observe? You know, what he was all getting into. A lot of it was observing. Um, while he was talking to different people, connecting, I observed how he did it, and I like use his methods. It's like uh, I incorporate it into my program. Um, he still tells me some good tips when he comes back from college, uh, but I mean, a lot of it's from observing. Well, that that is super cool, and. Um... I, I'm really astounded by just your what your family has done. Um, obviously, I, I'm assuming your folks are super proud. But what what is it about mom and dad that that um, nurtured that? And I know that's a bad question because you only know what it's like to grow up in your own family. But you must mm-hmm. observe other families that don't seem quite so motivated. What? What do you think it is about your folks that have nurtured you guys? Well, my parents are really supportive. Uh, they're immigrants. They came from Turkey. And I, I feel like they want us to have a better life than they have. And that's why they, like, support us for everything, we, like, we do. Uh, and they don't, like, hold us back, which I'm really, really thankful for. Uh, uh, yeah, that is – that's a – an ideal for a parent. So, I mean, kudos, kudos out to your folks. Um, that is, that is super cool. So you, you spoke, you focused on sports. What sports, um, have you personally gotten into? What, what, um, things have you participated in and what, what did each sport teach you? Oh, well, currently I'm playing basketball. Uh, I have done a little bit running before, uh, but basketball is basically my main sport. Uh, but sports has really taught me to, I, I guess, have more teamwork. I talk to my, my team, uh, collaborate, um, and helps me interact with different uh, my teammates, which is good for um, not just sports but for other life skills and for the future. And it also taught me to be a leader. Um, oftentimes when we're, like, down by a few points in the game, uh, we need someone to power through and encourage everyone to keep it going. Um, and I feel like that's kind of my job. And, I, I mean, I just that's how sports is, like, affecting me. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's a lot of stuff. And one thing you may or may not be aware of, but when people get into business, um, a lot of times when they're in business situations, they use sports lessons and sports analogies to deal with business problems, and mm-hmm. especially when it comes to a team coming together. Um, what, when you put together – first of all, what was the process that you had to go through to put together sports for kids? What, I mean, because you can't just pop into school and go, hey, I've got an organization. How did you, yeah. how did you uh, make that happen? Um, well, we knew the school from my brother's organization, Kids for Community. He did a lot of work with Perkins Elementary. Um, he filled uh, bags for, like, the homeless kids attending the school. And he also uh, painted, and him and other volunteers painted, inspirational quotes on the school walls. So we had a really good relation with the principal. 
So uh, when my uh, my mom and I reached out to see if they uh, were interested of having my basketball program at the school, they were really grateful, uh, and that's really how it all got started. And then and then what did you do? what did you do once they said yeah that's a great idea, what 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 uh, happened then? Uh, well, then we scheduled the times that we want to go to the school and teach the kids. Uh, the principal found around thirty kids that we could practice. Um, we go there every Wednesdays for around one hour from uh, 3.30 to 4.30. Um, we teach the kids basic drills uh, and have them compete against each other every two weeks or so in basketball games. Um, but, I mean, yeah. And then after that, I started taking more initiatives and uh, spoke about this, uh, my initiatives to the Rotary Club in hope of getting some more uh, funding to buy more equipment for the schools and branch out to other schools eventually. And what, what, uh, what was the Rotary's response to these different organizations? What, how, do, how do adults react to your ideas and, and everything that's going on? Oh, they're really, really supportive. Um, a lot of them donated some money, and we were able to get a lot of uh, some new basketball hoops for the school because the basketball hoops at the school right now are really in bad condition. Um, and they gave me their cards, and I've connected with them, and they've been really, really supportive. I'm really thankful for that. And, and how many schools are you in? Are you just focused on the one elementary school at this point, or are you branching yeah, out right to other schools as well? Yeah, right now we're just focused on the one school. Well, that, we're focused on the one school a, right now. Yeah, that's a huge, huge accomplishment, and I, I hope other people see your example. Um, what is your... What is your thoughts for kids that, you know, are, you know, their families are struggling and, you know, their families may think, you know, oh, sports is just kind of a frivolous thing that, you know, we, we don't have time to worry about that. What, what is your message to them about why they should be participating? Uh, well, sports can really change the mindset of a young child's life. Uh, many, like, I think 40% of the kids that attend Perkins Elementary are homeless. And really, uh, applying sports into the youth's mindset can really have a long-term effect against like, the homeless, uh, to help the homeless number decrease. Because as you probably know, San Diego has the fifth highest homeless population in the country. Um, and my goal and my hope is that if we apply leadership, social interactions, and teamwork to a kid's life and, and they continue sports outside the program, they could maybe eventually get out of the homeless cycle and uh, maybe apply for a scholarship at a college that could help them, I guess, advance on. No, that's that's awesome. What uh, now? You participating both in your own program and in Kids for Community. Um, what what has some of your interaction with kids who are homeless? been like what what have they told you what have they shared with you well i mean they're really not different from any other kid they're really they're really like energetic uh and they're really really funny and i mean they're just great kids they're super grateful for what they have um and they're just a pleasure to be with they're uh they thank me every time i teach the kids the basketball drills i mean they're they're just really nice and it's gen- genuinely fun to be with them yeah, that's that's so so awesome. Who are your heroes when you look out and and you look at people doing things in the world? Um, who do you look up to? Um, well, not to sound too cliche, but I mean, I really look up to my parents. Uh, they came a long way from Turkey, and they've really, I mean, they've really grown from that time. I mean, they came with three suitcases. And since then, they've been able to get a make a company, have it acquired, and now they have a venture capitalist company that invests in uh, companies in Europe. And and what what companies have you seen? What what has that exposed you to? Well, I mean, that really taught me, like to, like I guess determination, and even if you have a dark patch. Um, to continue moving forward, which, I mean, is really, really helpful uh, when you're starting a nonprofit. Yeah. And what, what grade are you in, in, in school now? I'm in eighth grade. I'm 13 years old. Eighth grade. Wow. 
<laughs> Wait, what? So you're you're thirteen? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm thirteen. Okay, now I really am so seriously impressed with the Gen Z crowd. Thirteen, and you're running a nonprofit, and you are following in the footsteps of your brother, who was a definite force of nature. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say your parents. You know, if they handed out an Oscar for parenting, definitely those two would be nominated. Definitely. They're great parents. Yeah. So, so is it too too uh, early to ask you what, what you're thinking about in terms of where you want to go to college and what you want to do after? Uh, I mean, you're barely in high school. You're not even in high school. So what, 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 is, what path are you thinking about for you? Um, well, my parents have done a lot of business in their lives, and I've been really exposed to it. Um, just yesterday, actually, I went to San Francisco with my mom to see the Berkeley Sky Deck event. Um, and I guess I, I want to go to, um, I mean, Yale. I want to follow my brother's footsteps. And I really want to, I guess, ma- major in business and econ, I guess. But and and what with with business and econ, so which I have absolutely no doubt you will be highly successful in. Um, you know, let's look at some of the big big business leaders in the world, like uh, Elon Musk and uh, people who have mm-hmm. become super rich. Um, what what do you want to do? Should you achieve that kind of um, financial wherewithal? What what would you want uh, to do with that money? Um, well, I would definitely want to donate it uh, to a lot of different organizations. Uh, right now, we're working with organizations like the Lucky Duck Foundation and Interfaith. And if I were to get rich off of a business I make in a, like 20 years, I definitely want to donate a lot of the money to these organizations because they really helped me. Uh, start up my nonprofit. Uh, and December 10th, we're actually having an event called the Backs of Hope, and the Lucky Duck Foundation and Interfaith are sponsoring it. And our goal is to fill 1,000 Backs of Hope with hygiene kits, clothing, and other accessory, accessories like toys to distribute around San Diego. That's, that's so cool. And I know you guys did Bags of Hope. Um, we talked to... Um, Keenan about that uh, when we talked to him a few years ago. Um, and like I said, when we talked to Keenan, it was right before the pandemic hit. Um, mm-hmm. What what happened for you guys when the pandemic hit? And then, now, granted, you were you were a mere youngster, probably in sixth grade at that time. Um, yeah. How how did that affect what you guys were doing? Well, we really had to put Kids for Community on hold. I mean, we really couldn't uh, have any events while the pandemic was happening in quarantine. Um, However, um, I was able to make a documentary about the homelessness in San Diego, and I got to interview people that were homeless and people that are working towards solving homelessness, uh, which um, is on YouTube, and I've submitted to many film festivals. Arden? You are amazing. You're absolutely amazing. It's like, I just, um, oh, yeah, you you just happened to make a documentary in your spare time. That's like, I'm just, you know, totally astounded. I mean, you're just, you're, you're so terrific. um, and and, And what did you find out? What did your documentary reveal to you? Well, it revealed to me that, Having a supportive atmosphere, like um, let's say a shelter or family, can really change uh, like a situation for someone. And I guess reaching out is a big aspect. Let's say, uh, for example, if someone's homeless and they don't reach out to a shelter, they really can't get out of that situation. I mean, I learned reaching out from the people that were homeless is really the biggest thing and the best thing you can do to change your situation in life. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And I, you you said your uh, documentary is on YouTube. Yeah. And what what is it called so people can look it up? Because I want them all to go out and watch your documentary. The documentary documentary is called A Second Chance. 
And and do you have a, your own YouTube channel, or is it is it kind of sitting out there on its own? Um, I I do, but I only have like I only have like ten subscribers, so I don't think it'll pop up. But uh, uh, I mean, if it doesn't pop up with the second chance, like if you search up a second chance, I do have a LinkedIn, which has uh, a link to my YouTube channel, which has my rotary speech and my documentary. And that's on your LinkedIn? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, well, yeah, we we want people to, to go check that out and um, uh, hear, hear everything you have to say and, and everything you, that you've come up with. Um, what can, can I point out you, the irony here, Rob? This young man went to you and said, oh, I have a LinkedIn. Okay. Most young people his age would say, well, I have an Instagram or a TikTok channel or what have you. Not Arden. He said, "Oh yeah, just go to my LinkedIn." <laughs> well, 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 you're making you're making an assumption there, Brody. I'm 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 guessing Arden probably has those. Arden, how about it? What what other social media do you have? Um, I don't really do TikTok. Uh, neither like other Instagram or something. I had a YouTube channel during the pandemic, or uh, and before that, I used to post like gaming videos. But that didn't really go anywhere, so I kind of stopped it. Yeah. Well, uh, not not. And I know my sons uh, have been totally into gaming and everything else. So not to put down gaming, but I think what you're doing um, is far more beneficial than than gaming. Um, Definitely. What, yeah. Um, so. The the world at this point, and, and one thing that is really cool is in the last election, younger voters were eligible to vote for the first time in really history, came out in mm-hmm. in big appropriate numbers, meaning that the younger generation I think is tired of the older folks kind of messing things up and not getting the world to where they want it to be, um, and so yeah. they are starting to show up and, and take, take some of that into their hands. Um, obviously, you weren't able to be one of them since we haven't really dug down to the point that we've allowed eighth graders to vote, which bad on us. Um, but what, uh, what are the issues going on? And obviously, homelessness is one. Um, but what other issues bother you and, and uh, do you want to have things done about? Um, well, I mean, climate change is a big issue. I really don't, like, do anything, like, nonprofit-wise about it. But I support uh, the health of climate change. Um, but really, homelessness is the biggest one because I've really – I've met a bunch of homeless people that have been homeless, and I know the troubles they've been through because I've talked to a lot of them. So, I mean, I guess homelessness is the biggest one for me. And that, and not to detract from that, because thank God for you and and everything that you, that you're doing, um, you know. And, and I really wish a lot more people would get as involved uh, and on it. I do worry about what you mentioned, you know, climate change, because that is having a big effect. And obviously, it's you know things aren't in a in a vacuum. That uh, <clears throat> big disasters will create more homelessness and. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it all gets interrelated. Um, what uh, in in your conversations with uh, with different homeless people, can you think of any people's individual stories that you would share that had a real impact? That after you talked to them, um, you went, "Wow, I can't believe that happened to somebody," and 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 that they survived it. Yeah, um, so one of the people I talked to, his name is Robert Constantino. Now he's a businessman. He uh, is the founder and CEO of the company Balloon Guru. But before that, um, he fell into homelessness from, I think, substance abuse. And then when he became into homeless, he went from couch to couch from his friends, and he would stay in vans in the neighborhood. And um, he said that he felt invisible. Uh, and he like when he saw moms drop off their kids at basketball um, uh, soccer practice and dads picking up newspapers from like their lawn, he had, he remembered how it was like to be like, I guess, normal 
and have a normal life and not having to worry about rent or if I'm able to eat dinner tonight. But he reached out to Interfaith, um, and when, while he was at Interfaith, he met his wife, and now they're both uh, CEO and founders of different companies, and they, have a, they live comfortably now. So what, um, that's amazing, um, and again, everything you've worked on is, is amazing. What, what is your message to people who are not, they're not even homeless, they're, they're just, um, you know, there are a lot of people that have been affected, you know, just in attitude because of the pandemic and the political situation or just kind of down. Um, what 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 would you say to them if you got to sit down and talk to them and you know and you were in a place where you'd want to give them a pep talk? What what kind of ideas would you want them to think about? Um, I mean, reaching out is really the biggest thing. Uh, there's always someone that's trying to help. Uh, I learned that from like experience from interfaith. Um, I mean, I guess going through the hard times, like how my parents did, and just determining on and having determination is a big aspect, and just not giving up. That's super cool. That's super, super, super cool. Um, so what, now you, you've got uh, Sports for Kids um, going. Um, you have a vision of, of uh, uh, higher education on down the road quite a ways. Um, what what comes next for sports for kids? What what do you think uh, you're going to grow from that? Yeah, so um, our three big goals are establishing a youth board, um, so we can talk to them about expanding. And another one of our goals is expanding into different schools that don't have a lot of like athleticism built inside of it and have, like, large poverty numbers. Uh, right now we're reaching out on LinkedIn and connecting with some of the people working at these schools. But our goal by uh, the end of 2023 is um, opening the program in two different schools, making a youth board, and finally establishing kind of a league system so the different schools can play each other. Um, and I guess, yeah. That's that's a, that's perfect. That's great. Um, I know um, in uh, Keenan in in uh, developing kids for community, um, one of the things that was super important to him that he pulled together was kids actually doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Are you doing that same thing? I mean, it sounds like a lot of the people you have to work with because there are people in the positions are adults. Um, but are you, are you using a lot of kids to help you with the back end work on, on the, the organization? Yeah. So uh, right now we're having dinner servings four times a year and uh, events two two events uh, every year. Um, right. For our dinner servings, we have uh, the kids, and they can get, they get to serve food to the homeless people in interfaith, uh, similar to what my brother did. And like I said before, on December 10th, we're having an event that uh, is open to all ages, where kids and adults can fill bags of hope for the uh, for the homeless. Um, and then for our coaches, uh, our hope for the uh, for the coaching is that we're going to have a teenager, and then adult maybe like their parent. Uh, coaching at different schools so the kids can be exposed to, like, the type of atmosphere and giving back. And hopefully they can use it in, uh, for their uh, volunteer hours for applications and for high school. But, I mean, it's just for volunteering, I guess, yeah. I think that's really important, and I'm, I, and thank you for doing that because it's, it. Um, I think the more kids who follow your footsteps and – get involved that they're going to be even more prepared after school to have have an effect on the world it's um 
it's it's a a super cool thing. Now, um, in your family, are is it just uh, you and your brother? Are you the only kids, or or do you have other siblings? Well, it's just me and my brother and three dogs, but um, yeah, it's just us. Okay, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Don't tell me the dogs have gone out and started organizations as well, right? They're, <laughs> no, there's regular no. dogs. Just okay, sleeping all like all the time. <laughs> with 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 you, I'm never sure. Because <laughs> you you just have you're full of surprises. So so any, anything would uh, would uh, uh, could could be possible. Brody, did you have more questions for Braden? Arden? When Arden, when you're when you're thinking about you know, walk me through the process of you know. Uh, when you're thinking about events or doing things for the kids, uh, you said you mentioned, of course, you've got the whole of San Diego. Um, where would you like to see your organization, say, when you get to, I don't know, grade 10 or grade 11 in high school? I mean, do you want to? How do you want to nurture its growth? Um, well, I definitely want to have uh, my events, a back-to-school event, and the Christmas event. And like mm-hmm. I said before, I want my sports for kids to open and more schools so we could have a league system and have the different schools play each other, uh, kind of like I mean, the NBA and have like a championship, um, all free of charge, of course. But um, I guess that's my goal uh, when I hit high school and beyond that. Okay. That's, right. that's, that's excellent. You're you're not doing anything with theater, are you? It's it's just sports, um, not just sports. No, <laughs> I I stopped theater um, right when the pandemic hit. Uh, I kind of just, I mean, I really I can't I just lost lost like the love for it. I guess when the pandemic hit because I wasn't able to do it for almost three years. Ah, uh, well, well, I'm I'm being a former theater kid myself. I'm kind of hoping you get back into it. Cause <laughs> I think I think you could uh, I think there's a similar thing that could happen there. But what other sports besides basketball are um, are sports for kids going to? What other kind of leagues are you going to do, or is it primarily basketball? Well, for now it's primarily basketball. But um, if we're able to open up more schools and get the coaches, and the coaches are okay with having more sports, we want to introduce uh, other popular sports like soccer, flag football. Um, I mean, the big ones, basically. Excellent. And is are the sports uh, for uh, both boys and girls, or are, is it more focused to one or the other? Oh, boys and girls. Okay. It's open cool. to anyone. Yeah, there's um, an organization that I've, I've worked with um, that has – and they focus a lot in uh, Latin America, uh, although they're doing a lot of stuff now up in California as well. That is primarily focused for girls because it helps empower girls to break out of um, restrictions that girls have found, especially in Latin American countries where um, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to have ambitions like the boys are. Um, and getting them involved in sports has helped broaden them. And I really related to hearing about sports for kids in a similar way because, you know, it's like you're you kind of hit that secret that that it's not just playing sports. It's like it makes you think in a more broad, effective way. Um, yeah, beyond that. Yeah. What what have you seen with kids where they've they've been motivated positively? Um because they're playing sports. Well, um, I can see that the kids really, really enjoy uh, having sports. Like I said before, they don't have PE in the school that we're working with right now. And uh, they really have no uh, athletics. They don't really do any exercise. Uh, so our program, I guess, allows for that and allows for the kids to compete against each other in basketball games. Uh, the kids um, really seem to enjoy it, and they keep coming back. And one kid, uh, we had him last year, but he moved on to high school, and he continues to come back to the program every Wednesday, which is really cool to see. 
That's so awesome. So now I'm going to ask you about something that I've never thought I would ask an eighth grader to talk about because most eighth graders could not care less about this. But one of the uh-huh. things your organization focuses in on is nutrition. So what, yes. how, do you, uh, how do you affect nutrition? Um, well, we really haven't gotten really, really deep into that yet, but we're hoping it's another one of our goals is to have a nutrition class. Uh, one of the six weeks our program uh, has, uh, like, I guess. But um, basically we want to tell the kids, I mean, what good, what food is good, what food is bad, um, how the balance between carbs, protein, veggies, dairy. Um, because, unfortunately, a lot of the kids at Perkins are overweight, uh, which I noticed, and uh, because really they don't have any exercise. So I feel like nutrition is a big part and something we need to introduce into the school system. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, telling them the balance, how to balance these different types of foods um, and what to eat, what not to eat, and, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. What? So what What food do you like and do you eat a lot of that people would be surprised seeing an eighth grader eat that isn't pizza and isn't french fries? Well, um, in the mornings, I like to work out. So uh, for breakfast, I have a protein shake. Do you use a lot of protein powders, or or what 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 do you get the protein in the shake? So it's protein powder, uh, granola, sliced apple, milk, and I'm forgetting one ingredient, and then of course protein powder. But yeah. Now, to me, that sounds awesome and excellent. Um, Brody, did you hear what uh, Arden eats? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, good Sorry. job, Arden. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm making Brody's change. His, 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 <laughs> I get on him about his diet all the time. Yeah, uh, so Brody's Arden, idea I'm, of a breakfast is a cup of coffee. So yes, yeah, Arden, <laughs> um, you're doing exceptionally uh, well, young man. Thank you. Okay, so, so Arden, you've already blown us away with the fact that you started an organization. Um, and in the spare time you have, you've um, done a documentary, and um, you're also an author. So tell us about the book yeah. you've written. So uh, I first, I wrote my first book, I think, when I was eight. Um, but my books are about a young kid named Noah uh, who discovers a flying car in his backyard and visits various countries throughout the book series. Um, I came up with the idea of a flying car because when I was eight, um, I thought it would be a good idea to invent the flying car. Um, but um, all the proceeds of the books are donated to Interfaith and other homeless organizations. Um, and I've written three books all about Noah and him visiting different countries. Well, it, it's that's absolutely astounding. Do you, are you going to be writing some more books? Um, I mean, maybe in the uh, future, yeah, maybe. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure there's a book in you, um, and I think uh, as as you you get your sights held higher to um, older age groups, um, you definitely have a voice of something to be said. So I'm anxious to mm-hmm. see what what those books uh, look like. Um, yeah. You know, Arden, you, you seriously blow me away. I mean, and I'm a big <laughs> fan so of yours, and and um, I, I think everything you're doing is just phenomenal and great. Um, I mean, I look so forward. Well, it's it's true. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I can't wait to see, the impact that you're you're going to have on the world in the future. Um, we need you, and we need everything that you're doing, and we need your vision and your heart and everything about you um, is incredibly wonderful. Um, this is a part of the show because we're almost running out of time. That I ask our guests what what questions should I've asked you that I didn't ask? <laughs> um. Well. 
trying to think. I mean, you're a pretty good interviewer, I got to say. Um, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. No problem. Um, <laughs> I think you covered everything. Well, I'm, I'm sure, given you, there's probably something I didn't think about, just didn't think to ask, but um, we, we're probably not done because we're going to follow you, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have future conversations about future accomplishments. Um, but uh, just to reiterate, I, I think you're absolutely awesome, um, you're, and your parents are what, what they've contributed with both you and your brother. Um, I think is, is going to have a huge impact. You both are going to impact this world in a very, very big way, and I have every faith in you in terms of, of what you guys are, are setting out to do, the insights you have. You, you have wisdom beyond your years um, and accomplishments beyond your years, and I, I just literally cannot wait to see what you do. I absolutely hope that you guys are the ones that make the next multi-billion dollars because I really believe you are the ones who will know how to spend that kind of money and um, um, you are the guys that, that deserve it. Um, Brody, any last words from you? Uh, Arden, I, it's, it's, awful, it's awfully hard to kind of, you know, <laughs> realize conceptually that you're only 13. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I'm going to echo Rob. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you and your brother, both of you, um, have just done so much uh, to enrich the lives of, you know, homeless and young people uh, in your community and inspire others to do the same, I think speaks uh, volumes uh, about the two of you. And just Keep up the good work, as I'm sure that, you know, the folks in your community, for that matter, uh, San Diego itself, uh, are probably grateful to have you. Thank you so much. So, Arden, uh, we're, we're down to our last two minutes. What, uh, what would you like to say to our listeners um, as, as your parting shot? Sure. Um, if you're interested in volunteering in the event that's coming up December 10th, go to kids for, uh, no, kidsforsports.org. You can sign up, uh, um, and oh, everyone is welcome. You can bring uh, any spare donations that you want to give to uh, the homeless. Um, and, I mean, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a great experience. Uh, well, I'm so glad, and I'm uh, I'm glad I'm one of the first people on the planet that gets to interview you because I'm sure they're going to line up and want to interview you in the future. Um, but thank you, most importantly, for being you and for doing what you're doing, um, and just be more you um, because you are going to be hugely, hugely successful, and I have every faith in that. So again, and thank you, uh, Arden, for coming on with us. We're we're actually the ones that are are blessed um, by you having done that. Um, and I'm afraid that is it. We are out of time for today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please share the show and um, tell your friends and neighbors to subscribe. We do appreciate you. Uh, next week we will be back with a really wonderful show. I promise. Um, no clue as to what it'll be, but I can promise that it will be something you will want to listen to. Um, and thank Brody for all he does. Read the LosAngelesBlade.com, um, also WashingtonBlade.com. Um, Brody is primarily responsible for the L.A. part of it, um, and it is exceptional journalism. Um, for those of us who rated LGBT, we will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.